What's up, everybody? We're back. R2C2. Another week. What's good, bro? Man, just parked out here in Seattle for the week between Sue's final home game and then the Yankees three-game series. I'm a, uh, if only I could benefit from the lack of um, state income tax they have out here. But, yeah, I'm out here, I'm out here hanging for the week, man. Yo, okay, so the Yankees go from St. Louis to Seattle? That's right. That's oh, right. Nice. That was the travel. Yep. That's a good trip. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a nice road trip right there. Making you think you want to come back, huh? Absolutely fucking not. But, like, <laughs> when you can break up that Seattle flight, you know what I'm saying? Like, any, yeah. anywhere you can go in between, like, breaking up that Seattle flight is a good trip. Well, but on the way back, it's to Boston. So, Oh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, exactly. So... That's that's a that's a tough one back, man. After the yes, yes is broken up on the way there, but it's tough on the way back. It's, it's uh, I mean, any any t- anytime you could, you're traveling to Seattle, you know, it's, it's that that you, sucks. You know what's funny, man? When I was flying it's out here, it's a great city, but a, it's hard to get out there. It's so true. When I was flying out here, I wasn't really thinking so much about the time it takes because I was like, eh, you know what, like, I love Seattle. I don't re- really ever think about. It. I'll do my prep, and then I'm on the plane. And it's like I got through all my prep for for my WNBA and what I wanted to do for Yankees ahead of time. And and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I still have two and a half hours left of this flight. Like, you <laughs> exactly. <know>? Like, <laughs> it, Would you? Oh. Did you watch any shows or anything? Have you been on anything? You know what I did? I, I ended up watching. They had season two of Mad Men on the okay. plane. And okay. I love Mad Men. And I, yeah. and I was going to watch the Yankee Cardinal game was on Fox the day I was flying out. And so I was trying to watch that. And I watched the beginning of it. And then the signal went out. So I was like, all right, I'll watch Mad Men. And, dude, it, it is one of my, like, top ten favorite shows of all time. It, and, is, like, it is a really good show. So good, man. Like When I was watching that show, like, I was trying to dress like them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I was getting my suits and, like, skinny ties and, like... <laughs> Like, I was dressing like I was in the 50s and 60s when I was watching that shit. Dude, it's so funny you say that because the reason I started wearing three-piece suits was Roger Sterling. Like, that was <laughs> the reason why I started wearing three-piece suits was Roger Sterling. So, oh, I, it's funny because now I have, all these, I have all these suits that I used to at least get the vest for. Because of that, and now I don't really wear the three pieces now you much. Don't like wear always, the vest. all these vests sitting in my sh- <laughs> sitting in my closet. It makes a lot of mad men. This is the uh, reason why. Which Sterling is just ah oh, all time great character. Um, and by the way, see, I have to tell you, I had this amazing like universe calling to me. Thank you, God, moment uh, out here in Seattle. Um, I, my, my old radio station, WFUV, where I learned everything at Fordham, they did a special for Vin Scully. I was one of the guests on the special and then like Spiro Didis, Tony Reale, Bob Costas, my mentor, Bob Ahrens, who was very close with Vin was the reason that I met Vin or, or, or got to have any, any interaction with him. And, um, I was watching it, listening to it and, when I was a senior, I don't know if I've told you this story, um, sort of an abrupt segue into Vince Scully, who we lost this past week. Uh, but when I was a senior in college, Vin was uh, the inaugural recipient of the Vince Scully Lifetime Achievement Award in sports broadcasting that we have for our WFUV Spring Gala. We have some big time alums from the station. So we have one in, in news and, and one overall and one in sports. And really big people have won this award since. But the first year was Vin. And I was a senior 
at Fordham. And I was like our lead play-by-play guy, right? So my mentor, Bob Ahrens, has me be the sort of like usher for Vin for the night. So I got to spend the whole night with Vin. And, you know, he was already 80 years old, I guess, at the time, maybe 81. And so he did a bunch of the cocktail hour stuff saying hi to everybody. But at one point he wanted to, you know, get away. So he's like, Ryan, come over here. Let's get away from the crowd. And I sit down on a bank of couches and it was just me and Vin talking for 45 minutes, just the two of us. Cause I was like helping oh, him get away sick. from it. Yeah. It was amazing. And from that night, you know, there's a lot of different things he told me that was so meaningful to me and memorable that I can get into. But I had a picture that we took a picture together, me, him, my mentor, Bob Aaron's, and then another one of my classmates and friends to this day, Brian Clark, who's in the business. And it was, you know, one of my most treasured pictures. And I had printed it out and put it somewhere and whatever, because it was 2008. You're still printing out pictures, you know? Absolutely. And, and a couple, few years ago, I'm like, where is that photo? And I thought it was in a specific album from my senior year of college, and I could not find it. And then I thought it was in another album, and I could not find it. And then someone had maybe a photo book from that year, and it wasn't in there. And I was like, what the heck? So I emailed my mentor, Bob. And I was like, Bob, do you have the photo of me, you, and Vin, like from, you know, that night, the inaugural gala? And he was like, oh, I must. He can't find it. So I've just assumed it's lost for years now, years. And I'm listening to this special that FEV put on, which I would highly recommend checking out for anyone who wants to learn more about Vin and hear some great stories about him. And I'm like, man, there's only one photo I can think of in my life that I've lost that I really wish I could find. And it's this photo. Like, let me do one last internet search. So I'm, I'm do this like deep dive search on my email and I'm scrolling through like photos 2008 and I find the photo of me and Vin, man. I nice. find the photo. So I'll post it on my Instagram so people could see it. But dude, it was just like the, I almost was in tears because this is like, you know, this is like a photo of, with me and the greatest broadcaster of all time. For me, that's, uh, you know, absolutely. right. Yeah. Like there's no, and it's like now, obviously, I wouldn't have that opportunity. And oh, to find it, man, it was just like the biggest uplifter in my mood. Just amazing, man. Incredible. That's sick. That's sick. Did you pay attention at all? Like when you played the Dodgers, did you know like, oh, Vince Scully's here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I got a chance to meet him a couple of times. Uh, the, the, I think the time when I was with uh, Cleveland in 07. No, it would have been 08. Um, we went there and I got a chance to meet him. And then, uh, one year in the, in the off season, I saw him, um, in Vegas and got a chance to chat with him. So, you know, I had some good conversations with him. It was good. What, what, what's the most memorable part of that for you? See, whether it's something you said or just the way. For, yeah. Well, no, for me, I mean, he would, he called that home run that I hit in Dodger oh. Stadium. So, so that was, uh, pretty cool. Wow, dude. That's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you remember what he said? I don't. I, I, I don't. I would have to go look it up. Yeah. I'm sure Atta <laughs> is going to put a clip to it here anyway. So we'll yeah. be able to hear Vin Scully's call of your home run. Because you had, what, three career home runs? Yeah, three. Two that, two, that, two that year, though. One in Dodger Stadium. So how cool is that, dude, that one of your three career home runs was called by Vin Scully? Yeah, right? It's crazy. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Pretty crazy. Uh, you know, it's just like, you know how... This it's a weird way to describe it, but like I, I feel like you could just feel his goodness 
in his voice, oh, yeah. right? Like you just like that's an earnest man when you listen to him talk and broadcast. And like all our grandparents grew up listening to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And taking the radio to the stadium and and you know listening to the game as you're watching the game. So, I mean, that's this is just part of baseball history for sure. Sixty-seven years he broadcasted for that team. Sixty-seven years, man. Sixty-seven years is insane. It's insane. insane. It's insane. He, you know, a, just a couple more things on that. Um, so one of the foundational pieces of advice I always share with people um, who are looking to get into this business is um, something that Red Barber told Vin. And then my mentor relayed to me. And then I eventually heard Vin tell me himself as well. But it's, there's only one thing you can bring in the booth with you that nobody else can. And that's yourself. And I love that piece of advice because if you hear someone trying to be Joe Buck, it's like, you're only ever going to be second best, right? Like, yeah. and, and, or if you're trying to be whoever, right? But, but there's also something where when you're a broadcaster and you're on every day, right? And especially in baseball, but in other sports as well, like you have to be authentic because not only are you only going to be your, you know, the best version of yourself, right? Not the second knockoff of somebody else, but the audience knows if you're telling on yourself, you know what I'm saying? If you don't sound authentic, the audience, they learn, they pick up on that, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, sports fans, you know what I mean? People that are listening for their team or watching their team, you know, they can tell the authenticity in your voice. You know, that's, I thought this week, the two main topics on my mind were Vin and then the trade deadline, the Yankees struggles, but more specifically Monty. Mm-hmm. Because, see, we were off last week uh, on vacation, and the number one thing that people were reaching out about was you and how you felt about Monty being dealt and kind of the emotions yeah. of going through that. And there's a lot of different layers about it, but you know, our audience has heard it when Monty's come on the pod, and then they've heard it just because inevitably at some point, I feel like throughout every podcast, right, you're going to bring up your closeness with Monty. So first thing I just wanted to ask you is, you know, how'd you take that news? I mean, how shocked were you? Yeah, it was shocking at first. When I first read it, I looked down, I was like, wait, let me, am I reading this right? And then I had to make sure I was on the right website. Yeah. Like I wasn't getting, getting trolled and shit. Um, and then I was like, hmm, this could work out for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Um, obviously, you know, we're in a situation here in New York where, you know, people was thinking Monty probably wasn't going to get a postseason start. You know, you got all these, you know, whether it's Nestor or, you know, Tyon, you got uh, Sevy coming back, just traded for Frankie Montaz. Obviously, you know what, what Cole is. He's going to pitch game one. So, you know, people were saying that the rotation was getting crowded. You got Domingo Herman. Um, and, and I started to think, like, you know, Monty can settle in in St. Louis. This could be a, a spot that he can play for the next 10 to 12 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... After I got a chance to, like, digest everything, I was like, all right. I mean, you know, it sucks that, you know, Monty didn't get a chance to play one one place his whole career. I know how hard that can be. I know how emotional I'm sure he was because nobody even expected that. You know, I think this happened, you know, five minutes before the deadline. Um, Right. And I'm sure sure other GMs probably called Cash and was like, if I would have known Monty was – 
was available, I would have probably gave you, you know what I'm saying? Like Right, more than an injured outfielder? You could have probably got, you know, but I mean, but maybe Bader was somebody that, who they were, you know, targeting to, to maybe get and, you know, play defensive center fielder. So, um, like I said, I, I I just, now that I'm sitting here, I think it can work out for everybody, man. Mm. I'm really excited for Monty. I'm super excited for Monty to go to that to that Cardinals organization. It's another historic organization. He's got Wayno there to help him get adjusted. He's got Molina there. Mm-hmm. You know, me and him had a conversation the night before he pitched against the Yankees, and I told him, I was like, bro, don't try to game plan the Yankees. Like, you're going to be emotional. These are all your guys. You grew up with these guys. You came up with these guys. Just let Yachty call the fucking game. Like, don't shake them off. Let them call the game, and you go out, and then y'all collaborate from there. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you're trying to go out and, you know, game plan the Yankees in your first start as a Cardinal. You know what I mean? Like, it's just an uncomfortable feeling. I had the same thing. My first start in Yankee Stadium um, as a Yankee was against the Indians. Mm. It was the most uncomfortable fucking start I've ever had in my life. Like, it's just... There's nothing you can really do to, to to talk somebody through that or to make them feel comfortable. So the only thing I told them was just let Yachty call the game. And to, to be able to have that luxury um, is great. So, I mean, I think, I think you know, at the beginning he was emotional. I was emotional. I think, you know, everybody was just trying to figure out what was going on. But in the wake of it, I think it could be great for for him personally. And, you know, I hope it turns out good for the Yankees. You know, it's interesting because my biggest thing is like, I wonder if the Yankees thought that they were all, cause they were apparently in on Pablo Lopez from the Marlins. There's mm-hmm. a part of me that wonders like, did they think they were getting Lopez, Lopez. and then Monty was more expendable. And then all of a sudden the Marlins but, pulled but, out the rug what, or something. In what universe is a, is a, is a six, six lefty, 230 pounds, like that can throw 200 innings. What, what, in you, what universe is that person expendable? No, I know, you know what I'm saying, but, but if, like, but they, I don't care who you trade yeah. for. Like, I, like for me, yeah. You know, like, I, I just, that's, just, but, you know, maybe I'm biased, though. No, you know what I'm saying? No, but I think that's fair, man. I think that's totally fair. And, and I think that, I, I think that's very fair. I think it's very fair to have that thought. I, I I looked at it and I think Monty still, while not maybe taking the leap to excellence that we have expected him or thought he's capable of, he still is consistent enough that I trust him. Like even his rough outings aren't so rough. Like we don't see Monty do what we've been seeing happen to Tyone. I mean, heck I got to tell you his Monty's outings aren't as rough as Garrett Cole's rough outings. Like, and the thing is, and the thing is uh, the, the, the thing about Monty is that he gets zero run support, right? So when he's pitching great, you can't really tell if he's pitching great because he, he don't get the win. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he goes three or four starts in a row where he goes six, seven innings, eight innings, six innings, like, he don't, he won't get the wins in those starts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'll get no decisions in those starts, and then it's like, oh, well, he ain't won a game in two months. Well, he just had a start of four fucking stretch. He just had a, yeah. a stretch of four straight starts where he went deep into the game, gave a team a chance to win, but didn't get the win. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, so And look, I, I understand the premise where the Yankees are saying – they're looking ahead to October and they're saying, who, what is going to be a bigger need for us? Jordan Montgomery, who, if we're, you know, we're not sure is going to get a start or a guy who we think could start in center field and make a huge impact defensively and an area where 
they're short, right? Like no matter what, if you look at their all the you know metrics for their their defense, the one area where they've been down this year is center field, and you know they also don't want to have to run. But I thought Judge was playing like was, a great center field. I thought he was playing a good center field too, but I think they don't want to have to run him out there in center field you know, all that much, right? Because they want to save him a little bit and right and make sure he doesn't break down after he was starting to deal with some knick-knacky things. But so I understand where a great defensive center fielder could be a boon to this team. What, what I don't understand is why that costs Jordan Montgomery. I don't get that. Like I, to me, the Jordan Montgomery is reliable enough and a unique enough asset that, I I was not a fan of that move. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. I loved what they did for Montas, you know, and I love that they got him without giving up one of their top few prospects. You know, I like the couple relievers they brought in. I love the Benintendi deal. I like Yeah, Benintendi's aggress a great move. Yes. I like the Ben I liked what they did instead of uh going after Soto, trading all your prospects, trading for Benintendi, and then getting some bullpen help. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I like that. I like that path more so than it was like, oh, let's trade everybody and get Soto. And then what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. We still need a starter. We still need bullpen help. I like the montage trade. I like getting some bullpen help. Me sure. too. And I know those guys haven't worked out thus far uh, with the exception of, you know, Trevino, you know, Ben Tendi got off to a rough start, started to come around. But Ben Tendi's going to hit. That's a guy with a crazy track record. I'm not worried about that at all and he's gonna hit in october yes yes he's gonna put up good at bats against good pitching i'm not worried about that uh the relievers i think you know i know uh efforts has looked a little bit fright night at times early on here getting adjusted we'll see how he does but he has nasty stuff trevino has great stuff and and was pitching in really bad luck in oakland and, and has some has had some good moments early on with the yankees Montas's first start obviously did not go well, but he hadn't pitched in a while. I, I like his mentality. I do think he's going to be good. The only move I didn't understand was the Montgomery one because I, I mean, I get what they're thinking. They're thinking of like Montgomery's not going to make a playoff start. And according to them and the center fielder might be a big, you know, need, but I just, I think they're taking a little for granted the thinness of the rotation now with Seve's injury and then like Tyone, you're running out there right now, but the, he's not pitching well at all. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. Montgomery to me was still a guy who I had enough trust and faith in that I would not have been racing to, to get rid of him. And you know what? I've been looking at it through the lens of like, Monty's going to be good in St. Louis. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he yeah. even looked, he even looked good in the Cardinals uniform. Kind of looks yesterday. like a Cardinal, doesn't like, he? He, he, looks, looks like he a Cardinal. looked fucking, he looked perfect. Yeah. I was like, I sent him a picture of the TV. I was like, bro, this is all you. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I, I had to FaceTime him. I didn't talk to him the night that he got traded because I knew it was going to be tough. I know how emotional he is and I know how emotional that can be, obviously yeah. going through that. Um, so I gave him a day, FaceTimed him the next day, and we, you know, we had a long, probably hour conversation. His fiance was there, we were talking, but I was just trying to get him pumped up about, bro, you're not going to, no offense, you're not going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You're not going to Detroit. Yeah. You're going to a, like, historic franchise right. that's like, you're going to pitch in meaningful games. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, a, a, a lot yeah. of, of, of these years that you, if you can stay in St. Louis, like, you're going to have years where you're going to be fighting for a World Series, just like you would in New York. So 
you know, don't look at this as a demotion. And people love the biggest, playing there. People love playing there. And 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 he's perfect for that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes. Like his personality, what he is, who he is, like that shit can work out perfect for him in St. Louis. So I've I've been looking at it through the lens of how good this could be for Monty. And not so much how much it's going to suck for us yet. I haven't really figured out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't figured out if, if, if it's good or bad for us yet because I've just been so concentrated and worried about how this is going to work out for Monty. Did you feel like he came around to see your perspective on how it could be a good thing? No, I think he's good. I think he's like, I think he's, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think at the beginning it was, you know, right. it took me a, a minute to get to him. But I think, you know, after being there and he's now met Wayno and, you know, Mike Maddox I had was my pitcher coach in Milwaukee, so I can give him some heads up on, you know, what, what Mad Dog was going to want from him. So, um, no, I think I think he's going to settle in nice, bro. I think I'm going to have to order me a Montgomery St. Louis jersey, bro. I think that's what I think that's what it's coming down to. It's so funny, man. Seeing him in the jersey, I'm like, he looks more like a Cardinal than a Yankee. Than like, anything, he right? He looked, he looked so good in he that uniform. He looks like a Cardinal. <laughs> he does. I don't know what it is, but he does. Um, see, you know what it's like to be traded. Uh, what is, you know, and and you had a ton of rumors around you being dealt, like you kind of knew it was going to happen and it was still hard for you. Can you imagine what it would be like if you had no inkling whatsoever that you were going to be dealt and then you found out minutes before the deadline? Man, I couldn't even imagine what that's like, bro. Like. And, and I mean, you got to know Monty's personality too. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's looking at the trade deadline, not even assuming his. You know, he's not even thinking about himself getting traded at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? His fiance's just got to New York. She's doing a residency in New York. Everything's oh, great. No. They get married this off season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like every they had everything lined up. So I couldn't I couldn't imagine, you know, what that was like, or even if he thought it was real. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if I was sitting, if I was sitting in my locker and Booty came and tapped me, and was like, "Hey, I need to come talk," or somebody was like, "You just got traded," I'd be like, "Yeah, fucking right." You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, but like, so I mean, I, I mean, I had to be a whirlwind of emotions to to be able to go through that. And um, you know, him being a Yankee, he came up, he got drafted by the Yankees, and you know, he's close with Judge and Higgy, and those are his guys. You know, so um, no, I mean, I, I bet, I mean, I had to be fucking awful. It had to be, and it had to be awful for the rest of the guys too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know how money's super popular in that clubhouse. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, you know, if I was in there, I would have been like, "What the fuck is going?" You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, right. So I'm sure it was some of that. Like, you know, what the fuck is going on? Well, like, and, and you're trading him for a guy who's injured. You know, maybe if the other guy comes and really quickly contributes, it's easier to be like, "All right, like." I, I, it stinks, but I see what's going on. But I'm sure that's going to make it even harder to digest, not just for the fan, but for the team to say, like, whoa, why isn't this guy here when we don't have anything to show for it? Because well, right how now, long is you know, Bader out? How long is Bader going to be out? He's supposed to come back sometime in September. But that's oh, like okay. a roll of the dice, you know? Like, I, yeah. it's very, that's why, see, I have no knowledge of this whatsoever. None. But it's why it makes me feel like, did they think they had a deal lined up for another starter 
and then it fell through and, and they were already committed through. to the other one or, or something like that. I don't know if that even is a thing. Maybe someone would say- No, that, that yeah. sounds way, I mean, that that's- Sounds like it could make sounds, sense, right? It sounds super logical. It's, I mean, it sounds like the only way they would trade money is be, is for something like that, what you just said. Right, because you're not, you're trading it for something that's making a difference on the margins, but was it going to be a fatal flaw if they didn't upgrade the defensive center field? Was that going to be the reason that this team doesn't win a championship? You know, whereas like, let, let's just say one more starter goes down, you know, I, like do you, and cause you also got rid of JP Sears, who was part of your insurance as well yeah, for the rotation yeah. and, uh, and a couple of the other minor leaguers, you know, from AAA are, are, I, you know, it's just not giving yourself a lot of room for error, especially right now, if all goes according to plan, yeah, you know what? Monty and Tyone both wouldn't be pitching in the playoffs because you'd have Cole, Montas, Severino, and Nestor, right? But yeah. if one of those guys goes down, who's that fourth starter in the playoffs right now? I guess it's Tyone, but Tyone really has struggled for a while now. Um, and I, you know, Jamo's a great dude. You want him to do well, but he, uh, this is not like a blip. This is a, this is now a couple months of not pitching well. So I, I'm just really surprised. I actually felt it. I said this all along. See, I think I might've said on the pod, I felt a trust in Montgomery as well. Like in a playoff start, we saw what he did a couple years ago in game four against Tampa. Maybe he was only going to give me four innings, but I felt like they're going to be competitive, you know, keep me in the game. So yeah, man, that just, just tough. Do you think there's an aftershock in the room that you can, you know, we see the Yank the way the Yankees have scuffled since the deadline. Do you think that's something that can be real, whether it's real with this team or not? I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you that. Do you think that can be real where if a guy who is popular in the room is gone, you can take oh, yeah, a little bit? I don't know. I don't know if that's what's going on with this yeah. team, but absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, look at what happened with Milwaukee and Hayter. Yeah, you know? yeah. Those guys are freaking. I mean, the guy that's taking his spot is freaking out about him leaving. Devin Williams is pissed. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, you know, when a popular guy leaves like that for no reason, when you're not, you know, there's no rebuilding, you know, right, like. Right, right, and the, right. And the, and the guy's a capable starter. Yeah, I mean, that can that can be like, I mean, you're just looking around like, like, what are we doing? You know, sometimes. But I don't know. Um, if that's what's going on with these guys, you know, I mean, right. who knows? You're just saying it can be the case. We it don't definitely know can be the case. But, I mean, you know, watching them lose three in a row now is, yeah. you know. Five. Oh, five. After the St. Louis sweep, their first five-game losing streak, you know, and basically that was essentially directly after the trade deadline, you know. I mean, shoot, I don't know if they've won a game since the trade deadline. They haven't, won a, they haven't won a game since the fifth, since the second, huh? Yeah, I don't think so. As of the St. Louis series, I don't think they had won a single game since the deadline. No, because they lost the day of the deadline to Seattle, then lost the next day, and then got swept by St. Louis. So you wrote a five-game losing streak right out of the deadline. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, look, the early returns, this is the tough thing. The early returns and the deadline deals with the way Benintendi struggled out of the gates, uh, with the way, um, you know, the way uh, Ephra says uh, struggled with uh, with the the first start from Montas, you know, with not with seeing Montgomery pitch well against the Yankees. Doesn't, let me doesn't say this feel too. like a good but, deadline, but those narratives can change so quickly too. 
I was about to say, yeah. I, I I know Frankie Montas really well. Um, I know I've known him for a long time. He's gonna be good in New York. Mm. I I I think he's gonna be fine here. I love his men, like you said. I love his mentality. He wants to pitch for a winner. He wants to pitch in the Bronx, and I think he's gonna be good. Yeah. How did you get to know him? See, we had the same agent when I was a Rock Nation. I think he. I don't know if he's still a Rock Nation or not, but um, so I got a chance to know him. Um, and we, you know we text back and forth and all of that stuff. So I I you know. I was talking. I was talking to him right at the deadline too, yeah. and, and you know he was excited um, to have a chance to come here. So I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I, that's the thing, and that and that's the one thing I do. I, I think is fair. Like right now, in the aftermath of the deadline, when the players you got aren't performing and you're losing, and you kind of were looking hey. at them as a jolt, you're like, oh no. But then it could change like that. But that can that can be like a. Um, like when you trade for a guy and then he gets off to a slow start, you'd be like, fuck, man. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because you need it to be like a jolt. Yes. And then, like, I'm trying to think if there's somebody that we ever traded for and, like, they got off to a slow start and you just, like, gosh, dog. Well, think I'm about the think. opposite of it last uh, season with Rizzo. Rizzo was yeah. the opposite, where he got off to this amazing to start. The, yeah. And it gave the team so much life. And all of a sudden, they're going on a long winning streak and you feel totally uh. differently. But, yeah, there's 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 got to be a good example of of my Yankee days where we traded for somebody, yeah. and didn't get off to a great start, but that we thought was gonna be like <laughs> yeah. put us over the edge, you know what I'm saying? And then you're like, what uh, is going on? Yeah, here? I got I got to think back to yeah. that. I'm definitely gonna text you tonight. And think yeah, about somebody well, it does. Watch. It happens, you know. And that's the thing. It's like even though you haven't seen returns yet, that doesn't mean they're gonna come. But I, I can only imagine how hard that was uh, because see, you always talk about how difficult getting traded was, and you knew you were getting traded. Yeah, no, it's hard, man. It's hard when when you um I mean and, and like I said, even like a situation like Frankie where he knew he was getting traded before his first start of the season. Yeah. But but it's still, you know, the the last hours leading up to the trade deadline, he was still kind of panicking. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like it's the last day, so you know what I mean? Like you still have that uncertainty even if when you know, you know, and at the last minute, you know, if you feel like you're going to New York, you don't want Cincinnati to hop in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or no, no offense to the Mariners because the Yankees about to go up there and play, but, like, who knew that they were going to trade for Luis Castilla? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, when you in Cincinnati, you're like, oh, I got a chance to go to maybe, you know, the Braves or I got a chance to go to the Dodgers. Yeah. And then it's like Yankees. Seattle. Yeah. 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 Same thing with Sonny. Remember when Sonny was coming down to the deadline yeah. and all these different teams and then he wanted to go to the Dodgers and all of a sudden he's in New York. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you just never know how the shit's going to shake out. Sonny probably would have pitched to a 1-5 ERA with the Dodgers. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> it would have been disgusting. Oh, my god! And then we would have been like, see, if we would have traded for Sonny, we would have yeah, won the World Series exactly. that year. Exactly. <laughs> oh, dude, I know. It, it's hard because right now this team has not been playing good baseball for a while. And it's, a, it's I was a, about to it, it, go for it. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. Are you yeah. panicking as a, as a Yankee fan? Like, like the rest of the fan base, I know it's fucking panicking. They're panicking. It, I think because it's such a stark contrast from what we saw the first three months of the season, you know, this team in April, May, June was unbelievable and historically good. We're talking about a team that was off the, you know, third best start in franchise history. And we're not talking about, you know, a franchise history of the Rays, okay? We're talking about the New York Yankees, the most decorated team in the history of American sports. So when you go from that to what we have seen now for six, seven weeks, it is a bit jarring. Am I, am I at the point that I'm completely alarmed and panicking? 
No. I think I have a couple concerns at this moment in time. One, I do think the lineup just feels totally different when Stanton's in there or not. And I know Rizzo's also been dealing with the back, and so it certainly feels different with no Rizzo as well. But Stanton's the one who's been hurt longer. His presence is really missed when he's not in the lineup. So getting him back, I think, will make things feel a lot different. But there's two things that concern me. One, I mean, three. One, Michael King being out for the season because he was so essential out of the bullpen. That's the thing that you're not going to be able to fix, right? He's just gone. Two, the way Clay Holmes has looked lately, because that was a guy who was automatic, you know, but he doesn't have a long enough track record for you to say like, oh, he's just going through it a little bit, you know, like relievers are volatile. We see that time and time again is the reason why Keith Law believes you should never sign a reliever to more than a two-year contract. You know, we see relievers go from having the greatest season to the worst and then back to the best. And I hope Holmes finds it um, because obviously we've seen this guy be just ridiculous this season, but I'm a little concerned at this point about him. And then also Cole has had a really good season, but there's too much. There's been too many down performances for a guy you need to go out and shove, especially with Seve out right now with Monty gone, with Tyone struggling. You know, Cole's had a couple starts with three-nothing leads where he's given it back. He has a big showdown with Castillo, and he gets pasted in the first inning, taken right out of the game, basically. And my thing is, like, he needs to learn to not let things snowball the way that he does. You know, one of the great traits of a pitcher like Andy Pettit, right, is the real ability, and see, I know you learned this, especially later in your career you talk about, right, the ability to not let, yourself get off kilter to really be knowledgeable about if I make one good pitch, I'm right back in this game. Right. And I feel like he's waiting three or four batters to reset. And all of a sudden it's four, nothing, five, nothing, or he's given up a three run Homer because he's upset about like one or two things. And now I don't care if you give me five more good innings after that, you need to kind of recenter quicker. And so when I think about aces in the league right now, like you need Cole to pitch like a Scherzer or a DeGrom or Alcantara or whoever, and he is not pitching on that level. He's still been really good with a few of these blips, but I think they need him to be truly great to win, and so he's going to need to get a little more out of himself. You know what, bro? You got a lot of fucking concerns, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I do. You got a lot of I fucking concerns. I, do, man. <laughs> uh, I guess I do, see. I guess I do. But I still have faith. I still have this like innate faith that they're gonna find a way to win the World Series this year. I really do. Like man, even with all those state of concerns. Yeah, no, I mean they're they gonna have to turn into that team that they were the first three months of the season. Because the Mets are fucking really good. Yeah, man. And the Braves are really, really fucking good. And the Dodgers are really fucking good. And now and the Astros, the, the, even though they're scuffling the, the, a little now. No, but I'm saying I'm I'm talking about I'm just naming teams in the National League. I mean, yeah. the the thing about the them in the American League is that the only other team that's on their level is the Astros. Yeah. So it's gonna be them and the Astros in the ALCS, thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. It's gonna be them in the Astros. So I mean, it's, they need to figure out a way to get home field so that Game Seven is in the Bronx. But it's gonna be them and the Astros in the ALCS, thousand percent. Yeah, and and I just think in the National League, it's it's fucking it's four teams over there. Yeah. That are really, 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 really fucking good. Cause and the Mets have two of the best pitchers on the planet, yeah. bro. 
Those like, those playoffs are going to be incredible fuck. nationally. I mean, you got you got the Scherzer and Degrom because that shit is going to be, man. Hey, that shit is going to be crazy. I this is why I think the Holmes thing. If Holmes turns into a less trusted reliever, I think there's a chance they could still survive it if other people shuffle up and the way Chapman's looked a little better and stuff like that. And then but, you get Britt back yeah, this year too, right? Right. So I feel like you could survive that. It wouldn't be ideal, but you could. You cannot survive Garrett Cole not being a guy who's going to go out and pitch great in October. Now, maybe, he see, he's going to have to be what you were in 09 in the playoffs. You know what? But, like, sometimes, like, that's not fair, man. I agree it's not fair. It's not that's, fair. that's what it is. Like, this, it's not fair for him to be, like, and this is going to sound crazy, but, like, give him some help. Because, yeah. like, if, if he don't go out and, and, and shove the game one, like, if I knew if I didn't go out and shove in game one, that AJ was gonna be right there, but then, but then we really knew that Andy wasn't gonna let us fucking lose the yeah. series. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like he don't have like yeah. who's his guys, cuz? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like for as good as I pitched for those stretches when I was the ace, there was always somebody behind me that could fucking pick me up, though. You know what I'm saying? Does that make your job when, easier? It, it, it. I mean, you still have a lot of pressure on yourself, but it. It, it 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 doesn't make it easier. No, I'm not gonna sit there and say it make it easier. Cause cause you are the guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You're getting all the money to get paid to fucking go out and pitch well. But it it, it you can sleep at night though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. all right, like I didn't completely let us down. Like yeah. the games, like the years when like 2012, like the games when I when I lost the game, I felt like I was letting the whole fucking franchise down. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like. So, like, if you don't have nobody behind you, if you ain't got nobody with you, man, it, it makes it tough, bro. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I don't disagree with you there. It, so, it, for me, Seve, Seve needs to come back and be healthy and be, he needs to be the fucking DeGrom to, 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 to Cole Scherzer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, like, it's not it's not that Cole needs to be fucking incredible because he can be incredible at any time. Yeah. It's some of these other guys need to step up and pitch like a fucking ace yeah. to win the World Series. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that mentality, and I'll take it. I am very, very. Because um, it's just not fair to like yeah, put it I mean, all on him. I, 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 I and you. I and I understand. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I was, I, I was in his shoes, one thousand yeah. percent. And and there was nobody else that I will, I will want under that pressure more than myself. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But it's just not fair. Me knowing what that what that feels like to sit here and just dump it all on them. Yeah. That I I to I I totally get that and and I don't think it's necessarily fair either. I'm just saying I feel like the way their team's constructed, that might be what they need, which oh, is yeah. which is not necessarily fair to him because he you can't expect him against the best teams of baseball to go out and dominate every single start in October. That's not fair, you know. Um, but can I get him to pitch really well four out of five? That's what I think they're going to need. In order to win, yeah, you know, and and that's fine, but it, and it's not fair to have this team constructed the way it is and get off to this historic start, but then have it all be on this one person. You're right. You know what I'm saying? You're right, and like, it's not. We and got it's the, not. We got off to the greatest fr start in franchise yeah. history. This is the New York Yankees, blah blah blah, all this shit. But the only way you're gonna win the World Series is if Garrett Cole goes out and fucking pitches a complete game every time we go. You you're know right. What I'm you're right. Like, I, huh? I, I like you like, having Cole's back on that. It don't you're make right. No sense. You're right. Like, it, do, it, it really don't make sense. You, you're right. You're 100 percent right. See, and look, I need to see them back with Stan in the lineup, with Rizzo in the lineup. Figure out what they're gonna do in the outfield. How they're gonna, you know, are you gonna play Hicks? Are you not gonna play Hicks? Are you gonna play Carpenter? Are you not? Um, 
you know, you got to play Carp, bro. He's in 300 with 15. And Kes. if you're going to play Carp in right field, right, then who in the infield is going to sit? Is Donaldson not going to play? He really hasn't hit all year. He's been great at third, though. But are you going to play DJ at third? IKF at short. Torres at second. Rizzo at first. Carpenter and right. Have Judge in center. Benintendi no, at left. No, but then what about Bader? Where are you going to play Bader? Exactly. So that's what I need to see. How does that shape up? But really what I think they need right now, see, they need to get their mojo back. You know, yeah. right now, that they were a team who was just, they knew they were going to win the game. The first three months of the season, didn't matter what the score was, they were going to come back to win. They have a lead, they blow it, they'll still win. They're going to, they were, you talked about wanting to see them trounce teams. They were doing that. Right now, they need to get their their mojo back. Hey, you know what? You know where's a great place to get your mo- mojo back? In Seattle. No, there we you go. Some great ser- we have some great series in Seattle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about it like the past couple years or whatever. Oh, yeah. Judge hits the ball fucking almost out of the stadium. Yep. Like, we've had some great moments there. So, hopefully they can re, you know, bring that shit back up in their minds and, and, and see those good moments and go out and have a good series against the Mariners. To good times in Seattle, my friend. Um, see, it's always fun. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Um, you'll be nice and refreshed from a little vacation. So enjoy yourself, man. man. Appreciate it. I'm all banged up, bro. I just played Hudson National today. I had to walk. I shot an 88 today, though, cuz. Wow, man. You're 88 get... at Hudson National, cuz. Your addiction I, is yielding I, I, fruit. I won't be able to walk for the next fucking four days. Like, I'm so old. Well, then I hope I you're like... going to be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to be at a, I'm going to a ranch. Okay. I'm going to a ranch. That's cause. fun. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, we haven't we haven't had all six of us together all summer. Lil C's been at summer school. Jaden's been at uh sleepaway camp. Carter's at sleepaway camp. So all six of us together for a last little final summer trip is, is gonna be fun. Awesome, man. Well, you enjoy that. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday, bonus episodes as well. Make sure you're following us on all your social channels at R2C2. And make sure you're following our YouTube page. Full episodes, every episode is on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed. Tell everybody you know. Maybe we'll do a subscriber giveaway sometime soon. Uh, It's just R2C2. Just search it on YouTube. See? Talk to you soon, my friend. Peace. Peace.